Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. You are listening to another Youth Ministry Podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Board of Youth and Young Adults of the Bible Fellowship Church. Another Youth Ministry Podcast strives to refocus, recapture, and realign student ministry with a grace-filled and gospel-focused vision. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Von Holt, and I'm joined only today by my co-host, Jared Burkholder. We're going back to the original. The original. Getting rid of Tim and uh, picking up where we left off. A year ago, one since it just feels so weird because we've not sat down to record this in a long time. together in a long time. Yeah, I mean, we had uh, ministry wise, we were all so busy and so busy. still are. Um, our churches have gone through some busy seasons, and then mm-hmm. uh, I personal life. My brother got married, and uh, all this other stuff going on, and you got COVID, I got COVID. and Tim has been like. I don't, what, I don't know what Tim's up to. I, I saw him the other week. I but, think uh, I think he's crocheting now. Yeah, um, doing a lot of things. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever he's doing, he's not here, and yeah. so we <laughs> we sort of miss him and we sort of don't. So yeah, that is true. I mean, he so to 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 be straight, he actually told us I would say about a month ago that he had this season of like five weeks that mm-hmm. he had to get certain projects done that he was just up to his neck. Yeah. Uh, really, probably up to his hairline, his probably. beautiful um, hairline that is silvering and yeah. all that stuff. It's being a gray fox. Yeah, it's a gray. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Tim is not with us, and that's okay. We don't need him. Um, uh, we have the spirit, and we have each other, Jared. Yeah, and it is like you said, a throwback. That's right. A year ago, a year ago, we started doing this over a year ago, and we yeah. we were doing fine. We were. And we had Tim, and we're doing fine still. That's right. Amen. Well, today, brothers and sisters listening, we are going to get into a topic that if you are in, uh, you are volunteering right now in ministry, um, and the Lord may be calling you uh, on to, or you have a desire to um, go into vocational ministry, this episode's for you. It is Finding a Vocational Ministry position. You're on the hunt. We want to give you some tips and uh, direction as to how to best go about that. And if you are already in vocational ministry and you might be feeling that the Lord is calling you onto a new Mm. uh, location, uh, this is also for you. And if you are quite content, which you should always be content in all things, but if you are saying like Jared and I, uh, you know, I I don't plan to go anywhere anytime soon from my current position. Jared's saying he he has no plans plans either. Um, we can help others. You know, for, for example, right now I am helping a young man fresh out of college. I'm, I'm kind of his mentor in finding a position. So this is for you. So we're really going to jump right in today. Um, and, uh, again, we normally like to do a practical tip, but I feel like they're just going to be sprinkled in yeah. throughout this entire Yeah, this episode. is a filled plethora of yeah, practical usually tips. Usually we give you a little sprinkle of practical tips. Today we're giving you the bag of sprinkles. Like a whole bag. Straight up bag of sprinkles. And you can so, do with it what you want. Yeah. Eat them all at the same time or save them for later. That'd be a lot of sugar. Some sugar. All right. So let's get in and start crunching on the sugar. <laughs> well, the first thing, obviously, is pray. Uh, to do anything before praying is foolish because you're not seeking God's will. You're not asking for guidance. Um, and a lot of those is just the what to practically pray is just evaluating your current life situation. Like where are you at in life? Are you yeah. married? Are you single? Are you engaged? Are you... Looking to be engaged, um, there's a lot of things that can play into 
how and when you start this process. Yeah. And, you know, uh, readiness, right? Like, uh, you know, are you theologically prepared? Are you walking with the Lord? Uh, is there unconfessed sin in your life? Um, you know, you're, you're, you have a, have a pattern of unrepentant sin. I mean, I'll, I'll just say this right now. I believe very, very strongly anyone, uh, who is, um, battling pornography, uh, you you are not ready um, to enter into ministry. That doesn't mean that you're disqualified at this point, uh, and it doesn't mean that you're never going to be ready or any, not that you're going to be ready even pretty soon. It just means that if you are continually falling into this sin, especially if you're not getting any help at the mm. moment, right. um, do not enter into this into this um, vocation of really ministry of any kind. Yeah. And you know, and, and if you're ensnared and you're, you're, you've not repented, you ought to back out of what you're doing right now and get yeah. help. Get some help. Get some help. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, you have to evaluate those those kinds of things. Um, you really, you're, this 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 portion is really, am I ready? Whether you're a woman wanting to go and maybe like fulfill a counseling position or an assistant in ministry, um, or or you're a young man that you're actually going to strive for the role of pastor in youth ministry, mm-hmm. you really want to ask yourself, is it the right time in my life? But as Jared said with the whole prayer thing, you're asking God, what is your will for my life? Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't just about what you want. Now, we know according to Philippians that he works in us to both will and do of his good pleasure. So our godly desires or his mm-hmm. desires. Right. And that's where prayer comes in because you're aligning your heart with God. Like you're not like, is this something I want or is this something that God right. is and it, calling And it to? can be both. And it all actually ought to be it's both. Your, yeah. You know, God God ought to be mending and bending your will to his. So um, we kind of talked in, in general, but let's let's get now to the pastoral or the, not the pastoral, the practical. <laughs> the first thing pastor. on there is, is your pastor. Um, ask your pastor, your elders, Especially if uh, you have you're working under a youth pastor, mm. if you're ready, um, I think you know we had uh, Jacob Deerman mm-hmm. on the show um, pretty recently. Yeah, it was like the last couple last weeks. couple episodes. Last couple episodes yeah. Um, and he he talked about you know he had been working under this guy for four years, mm. um, and he had this youth pastor as his um, reference, mm-hmm. and this guy's who one of the main guys who told uh, Tim mm-hmm. that Jacob was ready. Yeah, and so that's a huge sign. Well, and if you're working with a youth pastor. Ask for teaching opportunities or yes. like, or plan, like kind of shadow him for a little bit if you can and like take some of the responsibilities that he does and see if you're ready to do those responsibilities. Absolutely. So you, you definitely want to go to them. You want to go to the elders of the church, um, fellow volunteers. If you're a youth leader, you're working with others, ask them what they think. Be, you know, um, another, a pastor on our staff calls this a 360 evaluation. Mm. So, um, Meaning people from all around you, mm-hmm. you know, those who work under you, some mm-hmm. of the students, ask them, yeah. you know, their input might not be as valuable. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, you tell me what I did with sin, <laughs> you know. Right. But ask people that are above you, that are your peers, and that are, you know, below you as far as authority goes, if you are ready. Your parents, your spouse, especially future mm-hmm. spouse, girlfriend. Perfect. Uh, boyfriend, uh, husband, etc. Um, and then the biggest thing for you personally, I would say, um, aside from character mm-hmm. and um, you know the affirmation of others, because God uses people, is to know who you are as a pastor. Yeah, and this is something. If you're in school, if you're in seminary, or you're in college, looking for something, you've probably done some of these steps as far as a ministry philosophy. I know in college, I did. We did a whole class whole semester on philosophy ministry and we at the end we crafted a philosophy ministry which is very very like philosophical in a sense because it was lacked any practical application and so through the years i've been able to morph and twist and refine that philosophy but make sure you have like 
and then what we're talking about is like knowing what what's important in ministry. Yeah. Like what are the main core values that you're going to emphasize in your ministry? What are you going to stick to as far as teaching, the way you teach, uh, the way you preach, uh, and of course the doctrinal statement, what you believe. Yeah. You got to know what you believe before you go into a situation where a church is going to like, oh, this is what we believe. And if you're like, oh, yeah, I'll believe that. And then you right. later find out like, oh, that's not what I believe anymore, then you're going to have a lot of a lot of issues. Reading a church's doctoral statement and even philosophy of ministry is never a one-way job, or it shouldn't <laughs> be. You shouldn't be reading theirs and saying, oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds good. You, It ought to be a two-way. You ought to be reading yours and theirs side by side. Well, it's not to say that you have to have everything written out. Written right. out or even every you team. You have to have convictions. Eyes. Yeah, have because convictions. some things, there's obviously the main things, but then there's secondary issues that you can continue to grow in and research and develop your belief on those things that are really not going to necessarily affect as much your performance and your job in a church. But it's important to know what you believe and even have it written down on certain aspects so you are are firm in that. Yeah. I mean, if if during the – and we're going to get to this. During the interview process, if you don't have any questions for them, Mm. there's a mad – major problem. Yeah. I don't know what was I trying to say a mad problem. A mad problem. A major problem. Uh so you really need to know who you are uh, as a person as a pastor um and, you know and and uh make sure that there's alignment. Now not, let me say this just to remind you we've done episodes on this in 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 ancient history now for this <laughs> podcast. Uh doctrine fuels philosophy, philosophy mm-hmm. fuels practice. Right. Um and if you don't have a f- concrete philosophy or doctrine you're just going to be at, at the whims of culture. Yeah. You and know? it'll be like weaving in and out, exactly. trying new things. So. Exactly. So definitely make sure you're doing that. So, so that's, so, so that's huge. Know who you are. Um, and then once you, you know, you know who you are, you know, based on God's approval that you're ready, mm-hmm. craft a ministry resume. Um, this is very, this is, this is very important because it is different in some ways from a regular resume. You're mm-hmm. not necessarily going to put every single job you've ever had. Yeah. On that resume. In fact, um, you know, I, I updated mine last year just for good measure um, in 2020. And I, I don't know that I have anything non-ministry related on yeah. there anymore. Well, I think in any resume, you want to put what what experience you have for that particular job. Like you're not going to be like, oh, I worked at McDonald's in high school. That's good to know. Yeah. But it's not helpful for unless you're trying to be the manager of McDonald's or something. Right. Uh, and so I think what two things, one, you want to make it personal. So include a cover letter yep. about your testimony, yep. uh, your walk through faith, where's God's leading you and now. So that's more the, the um, not mushy-gushy, but the personalized, right. I'm going to write a little bit, tell tell a story. Right. And right. include, I, w- I would encourage, I include a picture of yourself, yep. your spouse, if you have a family, just include that because it just adds a personal it made, it made, touch it makes you a to person. it. Yeah. And, and you also want to include in there because once you're submitting um, your resume with a cover letter, um, and again, if you don't know what a cover letter is, it's a letter that goes on the cover <laughs> of your resume and it's basically stating who you are, why, uh, how you've been called to that particular job and mm-hmm. why you want the job you're applying for. Yeah. So it shouldn't just be generic. Right. It should be about you and who mm-hmm. you are a little bit, but yeah. then about why you want the job that you're submitting your resume to. Yeah. Um, so you, that means you need to know about the church, which we're going to get to. Right to yeah. Um, but then also your resume, and this someone, this is something that someone in, in the business world, but then also, um, uh, it's, and I went to Bible college, I was told, it needs to be kept very short, mm-hmm. a maximum of two pages, really ideally one page, yeah. um, because 
there you could have jobs like I was telling Jared before we started uh, the church I'm at now. Um, they were they were looking to fill my role for over a year, and they looked at 103, 104 applicants. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot. That is a lot. You know, if they have to turn to tons of pages, right. unless you stand out right away, they're not just, they're not going to do it. Right. Which is important of the cover letter because yes. it, it pops out uh, and stays above the rest if it's just a resume. Exactly. But it, like we said, you want to inc- include your ministry experience. Obviously, if you have schooling, that goes on top, and then any experience. Like for me, I worked at camp for a couple summers. As a volunteer, even include your volunteer experience. Include even what you've done. Like if you have the opportunity to teach, if you have the opportunity to lead an event, include that in your like a subsection of your ministry experience. Yeah, and you know, as far as like you know what what you want to include and how you want to include it, it it's very important to um, it's very important to both highlight things and and bring up all the different things you can think about. But it's also very important not to come across as as very um, arrogant mm. or um, self serving. Like you know, I I've looked at some resumes that uh, we we've received or some positions, and it's like my goodness, like you you must be <laughs> your your own your uh, God's gift to man. Exactly. So there 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 definitely is a danger there. Um, but uh, I'm actually pulling up my uh, most recent resume right now. And uh, just some things that that I have on there, just to give you guys some just some guidance. Uh, the first thing I have is a ministry objective. So, like what mm. what I believe is my objective in ministry. Mm. So they know kind of what my aim is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to read it, any of these to you, but maybe we can include it in the show notes. Yeah, and then uh, m- uh, ministerial cur- my ministerial credentials. So I'm a licensed minister. Mm. Um, I'm going to be ordained, Lord willing, here in um, October. Should have been should have been last month should, for both have. of us. That's all right. But they pushed we'll it wait. off because of COVID. It's we'll okay. Wait. But yeah, if you are ordained, that's huge. Yep. Um, and then ministerial education. I have my uh, bachelor's, and then I have underneath that, I have some of the things that were included in my bachelor's because mm. bachelor's are you know bachelor in bible can mean anything right so i have like you know biblical languages i have mm. theology and homiletics and then i have my um my uh, my uh, master's in, that is in progress and mm. where that's to then i have my experience and i put in there you know this is going to grow but the number of years of experience mm. in parentheses and i have you know i'm on the board of youth um and then my current job then i have my internships and um and then some of the other things that I've done in the past. And then at the bottom, I have my uh, ministerial slash personal references, and I have six of them. Mm. So I have uh, – Yeah, references are huge. Yeah, and the references I have are two 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 pastors – sorry, four four pastors, uh, pastors I've worked under, pastors I've worked with. Mm. Um, and then I have um, two current youth leaders nice. um, as my current references. So anyway, that's just what I've got on mine just to give you some guidance with that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's very important to have a good straight to the point yeah. resume. So once you've kind of prepared yourself and you've put yourself together so that churches can properly research you, now you want to move into the step of researching churches. Yeah, researching churches. And this includes this is a huge step because it includes a lot. Um, researching denominations. There's yep. so many different denominations and Which, subsects. Do, do you do you even want to be a part of a denomination? Yeah, uh, and you know. some denominations are. Big, yeah. controlling. Some are small and not as controlling. Some are just yeah, loosely that's, affiliated. That's like, kind of with us. Like I mentioned the BFC, and very rarely does anybody know who, yeah. who in the world But then are. you think of the Southern Baptists. And oh, yeah. That's big, but a lot of the churches are, are pretty a- autonomous. autonomous. And so I, I actually, just as a side, heard on the briefing this morning mm. that Al Mueller talked about 
which is no shock to me. Rick Warren at Saddleback, mm. they they're just proudly announced they just ordained their first three women, oh. and he's like they're technically affiliated with the mm. SBC, but yeah. that contradicts the Baptist faith and message. So right. who knows what's going to happen yeah. now? But it's not like but, if you do that in a PCA, well, you're yeah. gone. Right? Yeah, you get things like that. They're just a little more heavy on uh, controlling, and not necessarily in a bad way. It's just the functions of different denominations. Yeah. So absolutely. you have to be comfortable and know what you want or what you to yeah. expect in that. Do you want an independent church? You know, and to me, honestly, I, I never thought I'd join a denomination mm-hmm. in my life. I grew up independent Baptist, yeah. and then I was at a Bible church independently. Uh, and then I came across the whole idea of a denomination. But I was, as Jared's going to talk about, you got to be open minded in some things. Like, yeah. what what are your in this process of reaching researching churches, and this goes back to what we just talked about, knowing who you are, mm-hmm. what are your non-negotiables? Right. Write them down and stick to them. Mm-hmm. And what are your um, things that you'll be flexible about? Yeah. And I would encourage you to make that list small. Like I wouldn't, depending on what it is, I would not say, oh, this, 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 like a 10-page non-negotiable. They have an hour and 14-minute service. Right. The youth group is 64 students. They play <laughs> only these songs. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, we, we want to be pretty general, but like just an example, just, you know, I was just talking to a brother who's looking to move. Uh, he's, he's left his church and he's, he's out there looking and, and he, he, he told me, oh, he's all ready to go to this church. And, uh, but he is one major thing hanging him up. I'm not going to say what it is. I don't want to embarrass mm-hmm. him, but he told me what that, what that hang up is. And I'm like, bro, like don't compromise on that. He's like, yeah, I know it really bothers me. And I'm like, and he didn't find it out. I don't think to the interview process. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, that. That's something that you look at right away. Right. And that's so, in the denominations and doctrines, looking at denominational doctrinal statements, or even when you're looking at job boards and you see a church, go through the website, look at their. Yes, uh, websites are very helpful. They can be misleading. They can be. But they're helpful. But they're helpful. And that leads to looking at job boards. There's some good, solid places out there like TGC, job board, church staffing, uh, seminary job boards. Yeah. If you're in seminary, Usually they have a place where you can look, and this is colleges as well. They yep. usually have places that churches submit jobs. Take the take a look at those. Those are going to be, especially if it's a seminary. Those churches are going to normally align with yes. the seminary, and you chose that seminary. Hopefully, gives you align doctrinally with that <laughs> seminary. Yeah, yeah. If you went to a seminary or Bible school that you didn't agree with, um, sorry, I'm praying for you. Amen. Um, so yeah, so those are just helping. I mean, I know for me personally, I. Uh, uh, I didn't really know anything about this when I started it, mm-hmm. and I I used Indeed, and it mm-hmm. and it redirected me to I believe church staffing, yeah. um, and so they had something on there. Yeah, I know for, personally for me though this this step is exhausting. Yes, because you're you're putting your resume out, or you're looking at churches that are all over the country, perhaps, and you're like, do I want to move there? Do I want to live there? Yes, and so that leads us to locations. What kind of location? How far from your family are do you, you want to live? Um, what now, kind of community type are you looking for? Be very open to what God might do. God could totally take you outside your comfort zone. He could totally take you outside of your um, um, geographical and also community type that you have chosen. Mm. But it is helpful to you know, you know, for example, um, you know, a lot of this is just one of the reasons I want to do this episode because I just feel like I've been experiencing this with interacting with other people. Mm. Um uh, our church, uh, by God's grace, we're, we're hiring a, a finally hired a preaching pastor. Mm. It's been almost two years, and um, he starts next month. And so his church he's at now is is losing a great a great pastor. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I reached out to a uh, brother that I know who's I think he's like five years old, older than I am. Um, and I, I I very much respect him and thought because mm-hmm. he's an assistant pastor in mm-hmm. Queens, okay, New York, and uh, he he 
he really appreciated it. I reached out to him, but he said, you know, I, my wife and I really feel called to urban ministry. Mm. So that's where we're not going to go outside of that. Yeah. This, this is, this church is in, is rural. rural yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, and if, if you feel called to that, then you ought to know that and stick to that unless God moves you in a different right. direction. Well, I think it's, it comes down to, for me, experience. Like, what are you experienced with and what kind of people can you connect with? Like, if you are, grew up rural, like I grew up rural, I don't feel like I have the skill set or the gifts or the experience to connect with super urban, like deep urban kids. Yeah, because, you know, you, you, or, you are like suburban slash urban where you're at now. Yeah. people walk yeah, to I mean, church. Well, and like in the community I'm at now, like it's it's slowly transforming. There's a lot of young, broken families uh, that it seems in that neighborhood. So it's kind of urbanizing, I guess. But at the same time, that's where God's called me. And yeah. so I believe he's going to quit me. But I'm not necessarily going to be one to go into New York City to Queens. And be right. like, play my family. They're like, all right, we're going to, that's going to be a lot more harder work. There has to be a, a desire placed on your heart by the spirit of God mm-hmm. for those particular things. So that, that is important. And another thing to consider with this whole thing. And, and it, it, in, all, in all honesty, it was something I thought about, but not very specifically. And I wish I had mm-hmm. honestly, and I wish I'd researched this and asked more questions is church size. Mm-hmm. I grew up in churches in New York um, where, you know, ch- gospel preaching churches were not, that abundant. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they were, they were typically very, very conservative. Um, and so really fundamentalist, if you're mm-hmm. familiar with that. Um, but they were no, no bigger than a hundred really. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even smaller than that. And then, uh, the church I was at in Colorado before I came here was 150 or mm-hmm. less. And so when I applied here, it's like, Whoa, 800. I was like, Oh, I've never done that. Um, that's cool. That means mm-hmm. probably more money. Um, <laughs> it means more kids to influence, mm-hmm. more staff to work with. Yeah. Great. And there's been a ton of those positives, but it's come with a ton of negatives, mm-hmm. a lot of negatives, you know, and not, now they don't necessarily outweigh the positives, but things I was like, whoa. And I, I, I'll be honest, I've questioned myself. Am I really the right person to minister in such a large mm-hmm. church context? Like my wife and I have talked about um, you know, preferably when we move on from here, Lord willing, for me to be a preaching pastor by God's grace one day, uh, we, her and I probably prefer definitely a smaller church. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's something you got to consider. Yeah. And so church size is, is something to really think about. And another thing is, are you equipped to, you know, work by vocationally, mm. volunteer even, mm. or do you have to be full time? Yeah, this is a tough one. This is from also from my personal experience. I was uh, by vocational. Uh, our first youth ministry position in Ohio and among other factors being five hours from family, being in a new town, not knowing anyone uh, and having a newborn. Uh, so all this compiled and working about vacation. So I had to get up early to go to work at an Amish woodworking factory. Oh. So I got up, I had to be in to work at 5 a.m. Especially when you're walking or riding your horse. <laughs> it was a buggy. you know, oh. a buggy. Uh, And so that, that took a toll on me. Because I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had the time or the mental capacity to really pour into the students. Now it was a, it was a smaller church, obviously. Most churches um, that offer bivocational are churches that are smaller that can't yeah. afford right. to pay you full time. Uh, but there's just a lot of, and this is a sticky situation, but there's a lot of things that need to be worked out. And I came to realize that I'm not equipped yeah. to do that, to work bivocational. Not saying that no one is. I think there are a lot of people out there who are equipped to do bivocational ministry very well, but you got to know yourself and know the situation that you're walking into. Is it going to be bivocational long-term? Is it just temporary? And then be really honest with those, asking those questions about what's the goal and what are the steps to take this from bivocational to full-time 
if that's something that you're really desiring. Yeah, let me be really pointed here on this. Um, I think honestly that, you know, because the whole principle of the greatest among you is your servant and all those, all those things. I think some of the people, you know, sometimes we have this idea that the most gifted preachers, the most gifted pastors who are very efficient with their time, they can read books in one sitting, you know, mm. those kind of guys, that they're the big guys, you know, the big dogs, mm. and they speak at the conferences, mm-hmm. churches of 10,000 people, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I, I'm not saying that's wrong, mm-hmm. but I sometimes I think some of the most gifted guys should really be doing the bivocational stuff mm-hmm. in small churches because mm-hmm. then they get these churches get a quality pastor, mm-hmm. a quality minister who can handle working 40 hours a week mm-hmm. or 20, 30 hours a week doing something else and mm-hmm. then be more efficient with the 20 hours they get paid yeah. for. Right. Um, and they're just super gifted. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I personally think the more gifted you are, the more likely you are able to handle. Now, you might disagree and say, well, the more gifted you are, the, the more you should work to right. reach the most amount of people. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, as Paul says, the the one who shares the gospel is worthy, you know, of his way. Of his way. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So we're not, both, both Jared and I are full time <laughs> and, you know, have, have medical coverage and all those kinds of yeah, things. Yeah. And so very thankful. Very yes, thankful. Yes. Absolutely. I'm that. very glad that I don't have to work a second job. And but that again, this is, is something that, you know, we don't know the direction of the country. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. This could be something we all we're have all to be ready for, Absolutely. So, which is, I was, I was talking to him the other day. I'm like, man, um, I have a Bible degree for my undergrad. And I'm pursuing a uh, biblical studies degree for my master's. Ooh. <laughs> what am I going to be able to counseling? What am I going to be able to do? But I think one thing that translates is is management. Like I think yes. you and I would both be capable of finding yes. management level positions somewhere. Absolutely. With that would, company. That yeah. would work. Yeah. But. So the other the other piece to this, and I think this one is actually, you know, not not only true in the ministry world, but in the corporate world and uh, business world, is it's not uh, not as much. Sometimes not what you know, but who you know. Mm. Now, granted, don't 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 abuse this. Yeah. If, if you're a crappy candidate, don't <laughs> don't yeah. don't so. abuse this. But in all reality, denominations and job boards and all this kind of stuff, you know, ads and listings—they're right. all important. But really, when it comes down to the end of the day, some of the best opportunities come through connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happened. That didn't happen for me. That happened um, for me. That happened for you. Yeah. And it was great. It was it really demonstrated the Lord working in the situation. My in-laws moved into the area that we're now at, and my wife and I just moved back from Ohio, moved in with my parents, and they started getting to know the church that I'm at now, and they realized the youth pastor was leaving. So they're like, hey, Jared, let's get your resume in. So I got my resume in, and it, obviously that connection got me in the door and didn't really get me a job, a job but uh, through the interviews and stuff like that, that helped. But, but that's maybe all you need is a foot in the door somewhere and know what's what's coming and you can you can take advantage of it yeah i mean the the young man i'm I'm helping right now um he has not gotten the job yet but he's been hired as the interim Mm. and then now he's also got his hat in the ring for the uh, actual job but uh, i made a phone call to the senior pastor who i know and Mm -hmm. uh, he respects me and i uh, I respect him very much and spoke very highly of this individual and i think that that definitely got him a a shot because uh, he he actually doesn't have any formal education Mm -hmm. theologically but i know he does his own stuff and he wants to go to seminary Mm -hmm. so who you know is 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 huge you know um that's let let me just make a little plug that's one of the benefits of being in a denomination (laughs) um you know, for Jared and I, uh, it'll definitely be easier when we're both ready potentially to move on from mm-hmm. our churches if we do, um, to look within our denomination yeah. and guys already know us. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's a huge help. So you have 
researched yourself and checked yourself, established yourself. You've researched tons and tons of churches, and now you are ready to submit those resumes and applications to those churches and to interact with them. So let's say, Jared, what happens is you submit a resume, an application, and you get that email back. So-and-so, congratulations. Mm -hmm. We've decided to take you to the next step. I'd say even before that, as you find that church, on whether it's a job site or through a connection, Take time to look at that church's website. So before you even submit the application. Yeah, before you even submit. So you're so you've chosen a church kind of. Yeah, you say, "Hey, I like this location. The church yep. size seems nice. Um this church this position seems like it fits me." But I would then deep dive into that church and look at their website, check out their core values because most churches have the core values or at least their doctrinal statement. If yeah. it's a part of the denomination, it'll probably have a link to that denomination which will have their um core values and yeah. doctrinal statements what they believe and then and almost every church has like their their generic doctrine and then like a link to read our full statement of faith click yeah. here so click there yeah click there and i would say sometimes how much they're willing to disclose on their website versus hide mm. in their full doctrine statement can tell you a little bit about that church yeah <laughs> yeah uh and and look through what what they do look through their programs they have look through they see if they have a vibrant youth ministry already whether they have a vibrant men's small group, whatever they have on the website, just look at the website and see what they're offering. Uh, Cause I could tell you a whole lot about the church, how many staff are on are currently on, how many they're looking for. Maybe they have their jobs posted there and kind of look through, yeah. maybe they're hiring multiple positions. And, and I know that um, for uh, our, our counseling pastor, he actually, uh, he lived an hour away, but he actually knew people that, came to our church. And mm-hmm. so he actually asked them questions about us first yeah. before he put his hat in a ringer. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, while, while you're, while you're researching it, it, you also don't need to like, for example, for me with, with, with Cedar Crest, I actually contacted one of the pastors on staff first and mm-hmm. said, Hey, I'm not ready to apply yet. Mm-hmm. I'd like to just chat on the phone with yeah. somebody and ask some questions. So that's something you can do too. You don't have to well, apply. If you, if you live close enough, you could be sneaky. You, and just ex- visit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and not say anything. You just visit. And so that's, yeah. And I would say, you know, if it's something you're really considering, um, it, it, it if even if the church is an hour away, it, it's worth the trip yeah. because there are things you can feel in person mm-hmm. without them knowing that you're interested that, oh boy, like, you right. know, I, I don't think that my, my, the, 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 the church I'm at now was by no means trying to deceive me, right. but um, they rolled out the red carpet for me mm-hmm. when I came mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, to interview and stuff. Yeah. And then I felt like when I showed up here, it, it was like, nobody knew <laughs> I was here. Right. Except for, so like, it was just very, a go. very different feel yeah. is how I was welcomed by, um, the, you know, by the people as a whole. Right. Um, and, and, and we've really grown in that as a church, but yeah. that's just something to really think about. So research the church in a very informal way. Right. Um, but then you're going to contact the church. Yeah. Yeah, you and to you're going to reach re- out. You're going to read. You're going to you're going to research them in a formal way. Right. Um, you know, so when you submit that application, um, before you know, I kind of jumped ahead earlier about them contacting you. How how do you make sure that you stick out and that you get that email back mm. that hey, we would like to further you know mm-hmm. go with you to the next step? Right. Well, I say it, the balance. It's a very tight balance because you don't want to be too aggressive, like calling every day, like hey, any any news, any update. Uh, but don't be too passive. Like, don't just let it out there and never reach out yourself. Like, I I think my rule of thumb would be to at least give it two weeks. Yeah. And different churches operate <laughs> differently. And I would say if you have a resume and you meet and you're like, oh, this guy's not going to cut, I would contact that person. Just to let them know, like, hey, we're moving on. Because 
I was on the other side of like you put it out there, you and don't you hear wait. anything. You're and like, you wait and you wait. Are you what? Uh, uh, and then you know you don't know what's happening. Yeah. So personally, if you're applying, I would give it two weeks, unless they give you a timetable. If they say, hey, we're going to review these and we'll get back to you in a month uh, after these dates, then yeah. wait, wait that month. But yeah. Otherwise, give it two weeks, give a call to the office or whoever the contact person is on that uh, on that application. And I think that, posting. you know, th- this is the importance of a really solid resume that you submit an mm-hmm. application that you fill out. That means like, so, so it's so tempting, right? When, when you're, um, when you need a job, mm-hmm. you're ready for a job when there's pressure mm-hmm. and you want to send your resume and application to like 30 churches, right. you, you kind of want to bang out the application if they have one as soon as possible. Sometimes right. they just want your resume. Sometimes they actually have an application. Sometimes they wait to send you the application if they want you. Right. But they'd be so tempted just to bang that out. And I'm telling do not do that. Like, right. I think this is the importance of keep your field as narrow as possible. Some yeah. people say, oh, just scatter seed. Right. And that... That can be that can lead to a nightmare for you. Yeah. Um, I would say keep it to no more than three to five churches max you apply to at once yeah. and give the best application you can. And a lot of these questions will be the same, so you mm-hmm. can just copy and paste. Right. And then when you do that, make sure that you give them – I'd be careful here – but give them more than they ask for sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, say, you know, send an email. Hey, I submit my application today. I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be considered. Um, thought you might be interested. Here's some, here's two, three clips of me preaching. Mm. Here is, um, you know, a copy of my most recent curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, here's, you know, some statistics. I don't know. Just yeah. some information you can offer them to make a, wow, this guy wants a job. And here's some really helpful stuff. Right. Like, show them that you are interested. Right. And give them stuff. So right. I think that's the... Um, taking initiative, but then be patient with them to reply. Did, yeah. Hey, did you get that? Did you get that? that? Did you get that? Right. That's the what being too aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. So be, there's a balance there. Um, well, that goes into the next point of contacting a church at a time. Or or di- keep, dialoguing. Yeah. Dialoguing. Yeah. yeah. Like, honestly, there's nothing wrong with putting out multiple resumes. Yep. I think your rule of thumb that three to five is a really good idea because otherwise you're going to get overwhelmed. Like, if you're back from like... Especially if you're a great candidate. If you're back 30 from churches. churches. Like, oh, what do I, I do? Yeah. Uh, but once you're engaged, once you're having the dialogue and you're like in the top three or whatever, limit to one church. Because yep. if you're in, if you have foot in each, uh, one foot in one door, one foot in the other door, then you have a, a huge problem of making that decision. Personally, I, I came down that mm-hmm. uh, when I was applying at, at Bethel where I'm at you're now. You were just such an attractive candidate. Such a, <laughs> but I had another church in, in Jersey. Ocean City, New Jersey, that Ooh. I was interviewing with as well. Ooh. And so I came, I drove down, interviewed chose, with Bethel, and, and then I drove this. to Jersey. You, you and I this. and I was conflicted. Wow. I was conflicted. And I prayed that night after I met with the church in, in Jersey. I was staying at someone's house and I was like, I couldn't sleep. And mm. I was praying the Lord would give me peace. And I woke up that morning with peace that, no, this church in Jersey is not where I want to be. And so I left and then they contacted me and they agreed to the same thing. Like, oh, well, we're not. And your mother-in-law said, you're coming to Emmaus. Yeah, you're coming to Emmaus. <laughs> you're going to live here. And so, but you have that conflict in your heart yeah. that you have to just you know, where, because New Jersey is on the beach. It's basically right outside Ocean City. It was oh like, my goodness. do I want to live on the beach? I probably would have done that. And I'm like, eh, but. Uh, my but wife said Lord. never because of hurricane season. Mm. But, you know, and let me bring a little bit of balance to what we just said. Sometimes maybe. It, you know, if if you're not if you don't have a conviction about dialoguing with more than one church, um, you know the Lord might have used that Jared to bring you to Bethel to to, yeah. to 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 counter. So you know, so sometimes you have to see the opposite in order to know that's what you want. Right. 
you know, right. and and but I guess our our main point is do not play churches. Yeah. Do not say, well, this church offered me that right. and start comparing stuff right. and what's the better package? Yeah. Who's be going to pay more? Yeah. Right. yeah. Don't don't use another church as a bargaining chip. Yeah. And and that's actually what happened when people were applying for the job I have now. I heard mm. before they hired me. Um, so some guy used our church and he, they offered him the job in order mm. to get his church to give him a raise. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's, that's not good. Yeah. So I, I would say that you can maybe dialogue initially, like early yeah, and, dialogue and for with me, that multiple was, churches. That was early on. That was before. That was like the first interview. Yeah. But then but. once one church gives you an interview and then maybe another church offers you, you say, okay, I'll do both. But then after that interview, say... I'm going to stick with this guy. Yeah. I'm not going to go through all the way to visiting right. two but, churches but, yeah. at once. Right. So that's kind of our our recommendation. And now once you go the next step in the mm-hmm. process, you know, so you've actually, okay, now you're at the visit point or you're at the interview point. Yeah. What are some helpful things that you want them to ask you or that you want to ask them in the interview and then also things to look for in the visit? Um, stuff like that. Because that's that's like... Whoa! This is this is this is the time to make the decision. Well, there's there's two paths that can happen. Once you have the, the initial interview, or even get that step, and that's rejection. That's true. Yeah, you might not even get there. Or or being called for a further interview or meeting me at the elder board, maybe. And so, rejection is hard because you're putting everything into this, and you're like, "This is God's calling. I'm excited about this." You've done all the other steps. You've Research, you spent maybe months applying, sending resumes out, and you finally meet with the church and they're like, no, sorry, we're going to go with this other guy or we're going in a different direction. Usually they say we're going in a different direction, which is just heartbreaking. It's yeah. like, wait, what? what? What do you mean direction? Uh, <laughs> I'm so a person. How, how do you handle rejection is important. And you have to go back to what you believe. And if you believe that God is sovereign yeah. and he's working through all things to better you and better that church, then you know, that's not, it's not like the church hates you. Yeah. They barely know you. So, and a lot of times you'll have no, I, they, 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 they won't tell you yeah. why they didn't choose you. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it may have been just in all honesty. Sometimes this happens, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, there's somebody who's already at that church yeah. that the elders already want to have that job mm-hmm. and to appease the people, right. they will, open it up and are all the decisions already made. It's right. just a quote unquote, well, go through the process. If that's the case, they're not really bringing too many people in right. to interview them. But yeah. And, but even in rejection, how you handle it. Like I applied for a church in Lancaster and I had a friend who was a fellow volunteer with me who applied for the same position. And so they, they in a sense rejected me, but in that rejection, I was able to promote him. Like he, if he's still in the running, I'm like, he's a really good candidate. He's really good for the job. I mean, he's, I think he's still there. To this day. So it's wow. how you handle rejection is important even for that church. Like, oh, then you can't trash talk and like, oh, that church is terrible. You don't, you barely know them. They barely know you. It's not exactly. necessarily and you have a, no idea a why. personal attack. It's just rejection. No. But the next steps, interviews, what to look for. Well, let me add one more thing. Well, if that rejection becomes a pattern, that may be God closing the door for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's just not time yet. Yeah. You know, so. But anyway, you're not rejected. You're accepted or Brought to the next process. Right. right. What are some so, questions you ask, things you do? Yeah. And it's important to realize that you're interviewing them yes, just as much yep. as you, because it's going to, the way we view it, church is family. So it's not just a job. It's not just a position. Right. But it's a family you're going to be, in a sense, adopted into. Right. And maybe raising your family in. And so it's very important to know the ins and outs as much as you can from generic questions or a one-time interview. Now, that 
I would say you want to be very direct about who you are in an interview and very direct with asking questions about who they are. But keep in mind that it, they can be misleading. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be uh, blind yep. to a lot of things. You So the I would say one of the biggest things to do is be observant, mm-hmm. you know, so when they're worshiping, mm-hmm. um, what songs are they choosing to use? Mm-hmm. Um, What's the heart posture of the worship leader? Look around. Mm-hmm. How, how, how are people engaging or yeah. not engaging? Yeah. When there's preaching, listen. How is the pastor handling the text? Mm-hmm. Um, sit in on a Sunday school. Look at how well Sunday school's attended versus how well the preaching's attended. Mm-hmm. Visit youth group. Pay mm-hmm. attention to how the kid. you know, all those kinds of things. I remember one of my first Sundays, I sat in a Sunday school and um, I saw three, I saw a kid sleeping in the corner mm-hmm. and the other kid's like throwing stuff at him. Like, that's what they were doing. Yeah. That doesn't mean you don't take the job. It means right. that you know what you're getting, getting into, into if you do. Right. One of the one of the biggest questions I was encouraged to ask is how do you handle conflict? Mm. Especially if you're meeting with the elders, if you get that far, how do you handle conflict? And then that answer usually tells you a lot about because conflict's difficult. Are they willing to do church discipline? Right. Yeah. And then ask about a recent. Don't ask just how do you handle conflict because they can say, "Oh, we handle it this way." This way. But how did you handle the most recent, recent conflict? conflict? And they're like, "Oh, we have conflict. What's conflict?" What that means that they don't actually handle it. Yeah, that doesn't mean they haven't had it. It means they don't handle it. Right. So that, that's a great question. Um, I, I would say, if if possible, um, if they if they give you the option, obviously you can't demand this. <laughs> uh, like we 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 had a candidate because of uh. COVID stay in a hotel, but mm. if, if at all possible, stay, stay with someone from the church. Mm. Um, like mm-hmm. a, if they open their home to you, yeah. they say, Oh, you want to stay with us or at a hotel? Stay with them, yeah. have conversations with them, get to know them, see how they are in their home environment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's going to be huge. Ask questions of the youth volunteers who are currently there. Mm-hmm. Um, ask why the previous person left. Mm-hmm. And if they're, you know, if you, if you, if they're okay with you contacting them, yeah. um, if possible, just Say, hey, I'd like to have a conversation with some with a, a member of your church who's mm-hmm. not in leadership. Yeah, and get, ask them some questions. Like, yeah. oh, you can do. Hey, I'd like to chat with one of your students mm-hmm. that you think is mature to ask them some questions. Like, yeah. just get to know these people as best as you can, mm-hmm. um, and make sure you have downtime in your visit to mm-hmm. observe. Yeah, if they've booked you to the hilt, ask them for some of that. Right, some of that downtime. Yeah, there's something else to add. I don't remember what it was. You don't remember what it was? No. It was a long topic, this idea, but I don't oh, remember. Oh, no. Well, truth wisdom is lost Well, I mean, there. yeah. And so th- one of the things to to think about is um, while you're doing this interview time, some of the things you, you want to ask about, again, it's not the first thing, but you want to ask about housing market. How affordable mm. is the area? Yeah. You want to you want to talk salary, yeah. you talk benefits and package. That, that's very important because you don't just want to, you know, wing that. You, right. you you know, I remember I was very appreciative at when I at the end of my visit when it was going very well mm-hmm. here at Cedar Crest, the elder who was the tr- treasurer sat down with me mm-hmm. and said, "Let's talk numbers." Mm-hmm. And we did. Yeah. Um and that was very important. Mm-hmm. Um and so at the end of the day, um you need to have an inward call within your heart. This is where God's calling me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to have uh, – I remember when I was offered the position, I asked the elders at my current church and I asked them to talk to mm-hmm. one of the pastors at Cedar Crest to mm-hmm. make sure it was a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and your spouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they're not on board, God's not on board. Right. <laughs> Unless right. they have a bad heart <laughs> attitude, which then, that again, you have to you have to handle that. So. Deal that. Yeah. So I think uh, in all, throughout all this whole process – Prayer is is so important. That's Praying through each step, That's like the we bookends. we started with prayer, we end with prayer. But I think prayer important through all those things. Whether you're when you're driving to the church to meet with people before your interview, 
you just got to pray. But you also have to know and trust that God is working in the situation. Whether you get the job or you don't get the job, God is sovereign and he's going to lead you. If he's called you, he's going to lead you to a place where he's going to use you to serve. Amen. So we want to thank you for listening to this episode of another youth ministry podcast. We are thankful for you and your ministry to teenagers. May God bless you and your work as you faithfully serve him, teenagers and their families. Please connect with us on social media, on Instagram at another YM podcast, or you can email us at another YM podcast at gmail.com. 